Welcome back to the Quiet Onset podcast powered by Cinnamon. I'm Ewan Gruff and I'm joined, as always, by Lachlan Teeley. Hello. How you doing, man? I'm doing fine. How are you doing? I, I'm good. It's uh, good to be back after a one-week hiatus. You've just been going to so many damn festivals, eh? You need to calm yeah. down. Let me let me join at one point. I would love to. Maybe we can arrange something at some point next year. Yeah, I hopefully. think that's in the cards. Instead of just me sitting in a corner for two weeks, since you don't let me outside of your basement. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. I mean, he could have just tagged along for the Zurich Film Festival, but yep. I mean, you had yeah, to... Uh, you just don't let me out. Yeah, you just right away me yeah. in the basement. That's a joke about you and keeping me in his basement, by the way. That's a throwback to like, I think the first 10 episodes of this podcast. <laughs> oh, it's no, anyway, that was the children in the on. basement, I think. That, that was oh, something yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah, children there, in the basement. there were noises oh. around us. Yeah, it's yeah, a deep much cut. more in taste. Yes, I like that. <laughs> Very tasteful. Very tasteful jokes on this podcast. Like on tell us what's coming up in the show. Uh, well, this week we've got an absolutely packed episode. Uh, we've got our thoughts on the recently released HBO series The Last of Us trailer, along with the Halloween's Ends trailer and the They Cloned Tyrone trailer. So many trailers to take a look at. So many trailers. <laughs> uh, I caught the Apple TV Plus release. It's out now. Uh, the greatest beer run ever from the Green Book director, Peter Farrelly. And uh, I also watched the miniseries over on Hulu on Mike Tyson called Mike. <laughs> and uh, luckily, you continued down on your binge of uh, Star Wars The Clone Wars. Yep, still on that binge. And other than that, you and I both caught up on three films this week. And we want to discuss those. The first one's going to be Blonde, the Marilyn Monroe film. Then you've also got Athena and Enter the Galactic. Yeah, and the common theme between all three of those, all Netflix releases. And uh, it's all really Netflix. stacked over on yep. Netflix. So let's queue up the intro and get into the show. We are this professionals. Is, this is a professional podcast. Yes. Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Hello there. <laughs> Which actually, Did you this get is going to be a as bit... Well? Um, yes. So I've got Dune Cam. It's just a camera <laughs> with my Dune steelbook. So, yeah, welcome back, uh, Lachlan. Um, it's been a while. I also checked, like, the last time we released episodes. And it feels like in two months we released two episodes. Two of yep. them were festival. Uh, we recorded some other episodes. I didn't even get around to editing it, so it will release after, although it was recorded before. Gets really complicated, but Lachlan, going forward in October, I think we got a, a bunch of stuff we'll be doing, so no shortage of so content anywhere in sight. So I mean, we really haven't caught up. Is there anything um, I should know? <laughs> Having you let out of the basement, finally. What should I let you know? Uh, well... I have a higher amount of caffeine in my body since I've now got a coffee machine in my house, like a proper manual coffee machine. And I'm right. uh, like any Australian going through their coffee phase where they want to make the best cup of coffee ever. So mm -hmm. I'm just uh, constantly, it'd be like 11 o'clock at night and I'm like, fuck, let's go make a coffee. Uh, it should be good. <laughs> Other than that, like you really haven't missed much, man. I've just been relaxing uh, here. And obviously we've been away for a while. So I'd like to remind everybody that yep. I've got a... Um, an, an excellent uh, entertainment system. The one of the highest end Sony TVs from about two years really, ago. Really, you do. A Sonos Arc, Dolby Atmos, Dolby mm -hmm. Vision enabled TV setup, right. plus a PlayStation Five. Uh, so I just like to remind everybody that's uh, yeah. my my environment that I'm working in. It's not a flex. I mean, you and you've got the flex that you've gone to some festivals for the f past couple of uh, months. Well, so, 
I, I mean, let, I just want to let people know that I'm watching movies in a great, uh, great home setting, and I, I still go to the cinemas as well, of course. I mean, it's also on a budget. I think for me, it's been, um, it's been a quite expensive uh, little hobby to go to so many festivals. Uh, lucky that I'm on a break for the next at least three to four months when it mm. comes to festivals. I I don't think I I mean they don't tell you that but it's it's even if you are pressed it's still really expensive to do to do all of that stuff so um I mean well there's another flex uh, Ewan's broke and I'm not so what can I say yes. guys it's just a good flex the power dynamic has to be back uh equalized and hopefully that will do it I don't know um I still feel bad that like I that you don't get to see some of these films but the good thing about it is that a lot of them are getting a release quite soon, mainly sweet. in the States though, but also usually in Australia, then. not too late. Uh, I mean, sometimes it really is like that. We, we are not getting the new Spielberg film until March next year. And uh, oh, really? wow, yeah, but like, you know, a little, little tidbit uh, in a German part of Switzerland, uh, we like German speaking part. If you don't know, we, we have a couple different languages because we are an absolute mess. Um, we are like adhering to, well, when it releases in Germany, we'll get the release after or at the same time. But the French part of Switzerland gets it when the Fr when it releases in France and Italy ah. when it releases in ah. Italy. So the Fablemans is releasing way earlier in Italy. That means the one single country, uh, country uh, in the south of Switzerland is getting in, in November, I think. So I'll be riding down to that county just to just to go see the film. That's uh, that's probably what will happen. Um, sometimes you gotta do weird things uh, to see see the films that you want to in time. Um, but Lachlan, uh, let's let's have a look at uh, some news. And in particular, some quick news. Uh, we got a couple of news items here that we missed over the last few weeks. Um, probably the biggest one is that Hugh Jackman is returning, reprising his role as Wolverine in his last appearance in Logan. Apparently not his last appearance. He'll be back in Deadpool 3 uh, on September 6, 2024. Uh, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, uh, a sequel. Uh, to the Planet of the Apes series is set to release in 2024 and has just begun its production. Armor Wars, uh, a Marvel project, is no more a series but a film now. Why? Good question. We don't know. And the director of Blade, Bassam Tarek, uh, steps down from the film uh, and the shooting of the film was supposedly starting on this very day that we are recording today. So a bit of a pity for... Marvel, who <laughs> now is in a bit of a mess, it seems like. Uh, anyways, lastly, uh, the Jeffrey Dahmer series on Netflix has been doing crazy numbers, uh, crazy numbers, and is now the second most watched uh, TV show in English, uh, in the English language. Uh, so yeah, it's been making crazy rounds on social media. It's been plopping up for me. Uh, I personally haven't seen the series and don't really have an interest to see it. Lachlan, out of those news items, Deadpool, right? Deadpool's the one to discuss. Uh, well, I didn't even really want to discuss that. I don't really have anything to say about most of these because it pretty much went, well, I'm not surprised that Ryan Reynolds was able to persuade one of his good mates to return, uh, especially when yeah. one of the characters is just, you know, like Deadpool's the character that just 
can bring anyone in for some reason. Exactly, uh, yeah. Kingdom of Planet of the Apes, like, I'm happy to watch another Planet of the Apes movies. I do find most of those quite exciting uh, to watch, mm-hmm. and I think it's a really good uh, little series. I think it doesn't get appreciated enough uh, yeah. as, like, a modern... Agreed. I wouldn't say masterpiece, but very close to a modern, like, masterpiece when it comes to storytelling mm-hmm. of a of a, a nice little series like that. And it's much better than the original. Uh, Armor Wars, whatever. Yeah. It's just Marvel doing Marvel things. Uh, and uh, Jeffrey Dahmer, uh, I haven't actually seen it. I've heard a lot of positive things. Uh, I heard it's quite terrifying, but again, there's nothing yeah. that's up my alley. What I do want to tell you, at, at, regarding mm-hmm. uh, Hugh Jackman and Logan, as we talked about that, did I ever tell you the time that I cried at, on the way home in my mum's car after seeing Logan? No, you you've never told okay, me that. Sick. Okay. All right, this is this is a quite another exclusive. <laughs> All right, so I went on a date to go see Logan with a chick that I was kind of interested in seeing, uh, and uh, I I didn't want to embarrass myself, so when mm. I watched Logan, and obviously you know when Logan, I, I, spoiler alert, everybody, uh, Logan dies, Wolverine dies what? at the end of Logan, yeah, and mm-hmm. uh, that's when. Similar to how when uh, Robert Downey Jr. dies in Endgame, you know, that's when men cry, right? That's when men cry. Yeah. I don't care if you have... Everyone's seen Endgame. Look, I'm going <laughs> to yeah. I'm gonna say, hey, spoiler alert for Logan. Fuck Endgame. I Everyone's think the MCU is is out of spoiler territory. It's so yeah. in yeah. the mainstream anyway, that everyone who cares anyway, has seen it. Watch the movie. All fine and dandy. Said goodbye. Uh, and, uh, and at the time I was in high school, which is why I had to get my mom to pick me up and drive me on the way home. And I get right. into the car... And then I immediately start bawling my eyes out. My mom's like, what's going, what's going on? And I'm just like, Logan's dead. I'm so upset. Um, and I had to call like my best, <laughs> I had to call like my best mate. Uh, and yeah. like over the phone be like, man, the movie was so beautiful. Like me and my mate at the time were like just big movie nerds. And we went and saw everything together, but I had to go see this one on a, on a date. And um, right. yeah, I basically uh, cried on the way home from watching Logan because of how emotionally distraught I was. <laughs> I love that. Quiet on set uh, exclusive, I, everybody. Yeah, a bit of a sneak peek leak here. Uh, but uh, like you said, I think with Deadpool, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter that that character has had, had, uh, has had a great closing chapter because it is so out of like the realm of continuity matters or whatever. Uh, we, we can't see Hugh Jackman return and... I think that I think it's gonna to be totally fine. Um, but I don't know if I'm like at at the state when the first Deadpool came out. I think there was at the at the heap of addressing the the audience for for four breaks, and it's been done so much now that I don't know if like I'm as receptive to it. But hopefully, it's just be gonna be dumb fun um entertainment. And uh, uh, then we gotta got heaps of trailers to look at. We. Obviously, won't go into discussion for all of them. There's just too much that we missed uh, over the last two weeks. But The Last of Us, uh, the HBO Max show, just got its first uh, big old trailer with uh, Pedro Pascal, Nick Offerman, and Bella Ramsey in the the leading roles. Uh, I haven't played the games, Lachlan. I think you you have, right? Yes, like religiously. Vibe check? Does it pass the vibe check for someone who's played the game? Definitely pass the vibe check. Uh, yeah. And obviously, it showed a lot of. Uh, it, it didn't have a lot of storytelling, but I think yeah. most people are going to assume with the images shown, it's going to take a very similar 
story. It's going to take pretty much all the story beats from the main first game, Last of Us. I guess now references Last of Us Part One uh, as they just yeah. remastered it or remade it or whatever the hell you want to say, uh, along with the original DLC uh, in the game as well, which gave a bit of backstory to Ellie. Uh, yeah. What was the? Uh, oh, I can't remember. The uh, extension was called uh, First. This wasn't Grounded DLC. Oh no! Now, now I'm really testing my knowledge here. I can't remember what it was called. Um, yeah, fake fan. But no, you definitely you saw some stills of. Uh, like Ellie and Joel together, yeah. uh, you see a lot of obviously Bill, who's being played by Nick Offerman. Uh, mm -hmm. There's a lot of yeah. I just saw your spelling mistake of Pedro Pascal. By the way, I'm gonna call you out on that one. I wrote Predup Pascal. Predup Pascal. Um, no, yeah, uh, it's uh, very exciting to see because obviously it was created by the same dude who did uh chernobyl and i thought chernobyl had this really good yeah. atmosphere for it and if anything i hope this thing is going to nail the atmosphere my only fear is that mm -hmm. uh from the two seconds i saw of the clicker and try to break it down it did look quite cg i'm hoping it's not i hope there's a bit of mm -hmm. practical effects to it as well because there's right. nothing worse than you know the most important part i mean it wouldn't be the most important part i would say the relationship between uh, Joel and Ellie is going to be the most important part and how Bella and mm -hmm. Pedro work with that, which I think they will do quite a good job. They both are very good actors and actresses in the, the roles that they've played in the past. Uh, mm -hmm. So no, yeah, passes the vibe check. I'm very excited for this. Uh, I think out of all the TV shows that I was hyped for this year, obviously currently two of the ones that we're trying to keep up with, and that's Lord of the Rings and House of Dragon, both of those shows yeah. have kind of fallen flat for me and I haven't been keeping up to date with the past two weeks. Uh, so mm -hmm. hopefully Last of Us will keep me engaged, even if I've already seen this uh, story before. Yeah, I think it doesn't have a release date until at some point in 2023, uh, if I'm not Gross. mistaken. Uh, so it's going to... I assume it's not going to be like too far off. I could see it kind of starting a couple months after House of the Dragon has wrapped. And by the way, uh, I think, added, yeah, I just saw episode seven and it really ramped back up. I, I'm so keen to see uh, okay. what, what how it will continue. But I'm also a, a sucker for, uh, I guess, you also love Game of Thrones. Everyone loves Game of Thrones until it's the last few mm. seasons. But it, it is a bit different than that But uh, because it, it's not like um, as constrained in the time, but it also does jumps. So it feels a bit messy at times, but what they're setting up is, is super fun, at least to me. So uh, I'll, I'll be on the weekly watch of House of the Dragon and maybe we'll um, be able to do a recap um, if you catch up with it, uh, with of the series, I'd love to talk with you about that. But The Last of Us gonna get probably the same treatment. Um, it looks super intriguing to me as well. Um, and then uh, I, I at the ZFF, I was lucky enough to catch After Sun. I missed it in Gun. Uh, it wasn't playing in Venice, so now I had to flex all the festivals I attended this year. Um, and it's uh, behind Close, which is my favorite film in. in couple of years from Lucas Stan, uh, After Sun with Paul uh, Mascal, an incredible film. Uh, it's it's really uh, probably my second or third favorite film of the year. I don't know where wow. to place it, uh, if it's in front or behind the Banshees of Inner Sheeran, but I 
completely fell in love with this film. It's it's so subtle, and uh, I love the trailer that we'll take a look at. This is not not a review, but go see it whenever it releases for you. Probably gonna be all over the place because it it is a smaller distributor. Uh, but this trailer, uh, I think really catches the vibe without telling you anything about um what well like it doesn't spoil it doesn't ruin ruin the experience of the film at all so i think it's a great trailer as well but uh yeah what did you make of of the tra i mean i i now i'm overhyping it of course but to me it was um it was a really great experience but what did you make of the trailer oh the trailer kind of annoyed me with all the glitching stuff at the start and put a bad taste on it yeah. i thought the trailer was kind of shit but anyway mm -hmm. uh <laughs> Uh, look, no, it looked interesting. I guess uh, the biggest thing going for it would be the relationship between the father and the daughter. It, again, it looks yeah. like a very cute film and a uh, very uh, interesting way of telling it with the cinematography. It definitely feels more, feels very homey. feels like very home yeah. film-like from the, the, the look of it, the colours, the, the style of the shots. Is that something that would be... Is that is that something that would happen in the film? Does it does it feel yeah, like it's, it's a home very, video at, at some points? Uh, it, it is, it is, and it, it also is a recurring thing of um, using that and, and not using it, and it's really much just an observation of these characters. Sure. It's not like that overly dramatized. I think, like for me, it's a nine out of ten. Uh, for you, I think it would land somewhere between a seven and an eight, if I had to guess. Like that's kind of how I see it. Sure, maybe that that helps, uh, like listeners and viewers. To, to guess like what my type of style of movie is and then more Lucklands I think for a lot of people it will be like in that seven to eight range I just really uh like like the simplicity of you and thinks well. I just love Marvel and I don't yeah uh, he thinks I got I mean DC nerd there's no superheroes yeah. in it and it's and it's made by someone outside of the already established MCU fame I yeah hate it. quite frankly to I be fair it. aren't aren't women the real superheroes of real life Anyways, Halloween kills. What? <laughs> <laughs> Halloween kills. Right. Uh, Halloween well, ends. Sorry, wrong one. Because of Jamie Lee Curtis and how? Ha <laughs> right. Okay, that was your segue. It wasn't, but I didn't realize that. Man, Halloween we know ends that we've been away one. for like a week or two weeks I, because you are terrible at your segues. Uh, Halloween ends. Uh, trailer. I thought it looked pretty shit, to be honest. Uh, to uh, me, that it was, was a, a terrible trailer. trailer. Look, right, it was if, a shitty trailer, both, right? If both of the Halloween films can hit and they both be very good, I have good, I have high hopes for this third one. I'm really hoping they pull yeah. it home. Uh, the last one was a bit of a stretch with Jamie Lee Curtis's character and yeah. uh, Mike, but no, I, I'll be interested to see what they do to wrap this up. And either way, I'm I'm quite thankful for this reboot as it, as it is probably the best reboot of a horror classic 80s horror series uh re more recently because fucking texas chainsaw right. massacre was terrible um yeah what else is i mean scream was probably good but uh it wasn't 90s, as good yeah. as what i thought halloween uh halloween was uh with the the reboot so no yeah mm -hmm. I'm, I'm i'm excited to see how it ends yeah i mean with hellraiser now set to release later this week um Keen for that. I haven't seen the original, but that's that's that something that's coming to streaming. That looked incredible as well. Ooh, that looked insane. Yeah, uh, we, that's not on our list, but maybe it gets a quick shout out here. Hellraiser, uh, go check that out. I'll, I'll try to fit that in as well as the original um, for for next week, and then we got a bit of a horror themed um, episode. Then um, 
Then uh, we got free trailers uh, from Netflix to Netflix. You know, at the, at the start of the year, they had that like showcase of this is all the stuff that's coming. And it was so much. And then for the last four months, I was like, where are the Netflix releases? There's not that many like big ones. Because they all just came out last <laughs> They've week. They've saved it all. It's like free. Yeah. <laughs> Since like the end of September, I think until the rest of the year, they just have so much stuff that they got to get out before 2023 it's yeah it's it's crazy how much yeah. stuff uh goes on there but um one of the things that's coming to netflix is they cloned tyrone i don't know if this is based on anything or if it's a a, a original thing with jamie fox uh, john boyega and tinoa paris uh I don't know, looks like dumb fun, uh, similar to, uh, I guess, Jamie Foxx in Day Shift, you know, that like dumb fun type of thing uh, where they just uh, are, are vibing off each other, playing off of each other, um, little action comedy. comedy. To me, I think it's a weird trend because I saw a couple of trailers that looked so shit, we're not going to talk about them, but um, it's weird that recent trend of a comedy can't just be a comedy it also needs like a bigger genre that gets more people easily into the seats because yeah. comedy doesn't get people into seats anymore so we got bullet train uh we got that movie with brad pitt and sandra bullock that i'm blanking on right now it's like a lot of those uh comedies now are action comedies way m more in frequency than th than they used to be uh I don't know. I mean, I like the trend. It's it's great for Lachlan as well because he likes the bang bang and then the funnies. But uh, I mean, bang, there's bang also been the a bunch of yeah. There's also been a, a few stinkers out there that that weren't that great. But uh, I I didn't get a, a bad impression from they clone Tyrone. Um, probably gonna be quite entertaining. What did you make of it, Lachlan? Uh, bang bang shoot shoot. Sign me up. Uh, I had a cool yeah. style going for it. Uh, I do enjoy. Uh, a lot of the faces that I saw in the trailer and yeah, no, it just mm -hmm. had a, a really fun atmosphere and vibe to it. So yeah, it's, it, I, I thought it had a better atmosphere and vibe than what day shift had, but, uh, I guess right. we'll find out when it comes out. It, I'm really excited. I mean, this came kind of out of nowhere. I haven't heard of it. And then just a trailer propped up and big actors and was like, Oh, okay. Wow. Crazy. Uh, but, but yeah, uh, going to be keen. I'm going to be watching that. And then, uh, less. <laughs> Bang Bang and Funnies uh, with Florence Pugh uh, in The Wonder. Looks like it, it was probably one of the bets that Netflix made of like, okay, maybe this goes in for a performance uh, at the Oscars or whatever. Uh, or I don't know. They just wanted to make a good film that's like a period piece. I, I don't, I can't really make much of it. I think it played recently at uh, a festival, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know if it played at TIFF. Or play is playing in New York uh, over the next few days, but um, I haven't heard like great things about it. I haven't really heard anything about it, although it already came out. So, look, what did you make of it? Just having seen the trailer. Look, I really enjoy Florence Pugh, so I, I hope it's going to be good. Have you seen Don't Worry, Darling? No, wait, that's ah, uh, yeah, for you, it's not coming out until the next uh, couple of weeks. Cause like comes I'm tomorrow. so not caught up with you. Oh, it comes out tomorrow. I'm so not I caught up with you. I actually already have tickets booked to go see it. Oh, you are seeing it. Okay. I well, am. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to um, force you into don't a worry. review. Don't but... worry. I know you've already. You've 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 given me the warning. You've given me the. So okay, just to the listeners. Yeah. Here's what here's what right. happens when your best mate uh, sees. Every film are you gonna are you gonna cry after two don't worry, to darling? four months before you 
Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, Ewan, does someone die that I had a mo- No, look. Ewan will... If I don't see a movie before Ewan, which is really, really rare, like it's once in a blue moon, but if there's a movie that I've like shown a little bit of excitement for, Ewan will prompt me because he doesn't want me to drive home and cry over the phone to him like like Logan. Uh, yeah. he, he'll be like, hey man, this movie, set your expectations to fail. Um, you've already done that with Don't Worry Darling. I've heard a mixed yeah. bag. Uh, I mean, everyone has online, if you've just been on, yeah. And I've, uh, and you've given me the warning. Uh, I don't know because Tanika is also very excited to see it and we're mm-hmm. going to go watch it together. I don't know if she's seen the memes, but you know, I guess my feed is different to hers. Hers is more TikToky and mine's more movie based. So I, yeah. I guess we will see, uh, whether I should worry darling it will be all right no uh but maybe if there's enough to talk about uh after you watch the film i don't know what what speaks against just a quick review the two of us 10 minutes we we just talk about a bit of a bonus thing because i think it's it's a fun movie to talk about or uh yeah just after having having seen it there's there's about i mean i mean have fun have fun that's all i say uh i'll try uh something that that you've been quite um in, in in anticipation for is Guillermo de Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities, which has now confirmed to get a four-night release, releasing um two of uh, releasing two episodes uh with each other each day starting on October twenty-fifth, uh going for four days. Um interesting release strategy. I, I like it. Because it's not just dumping the whole thing on there, especially when it's yeah. all like in different styles from different directors. I feel like it's still gonna get overshadowed because it's it, it still is a short period of time. But having that like at the end of October, it's a nice Halloween vibe. I, I'm I'm digging this different release strategy. Uh, but but I mean, it, it basically was that. I don't know if we got to see much more of. Like, we can't really say, okay, I'm anticipating this one especially because in the trailer, they're all caught up together. And I feel like as soon as we get to see them, we can have a bit more of an opinion. It's like, okay, well, this goes here, this goes there. But uh, but yeah, Lachlan, uh, you still, are you still keen for Cabinet of Curiosities? Yeah, I'm uh, excited to see, as there's a, a number of uh, really well-known filmmakers that are popping yeah. up in this series. So... There's nothing I love more than anthology series and what they can bring because if you're watching a different episode of the same show and right. it's a completely different ballpark, you, you don't know what to expect. And that's, and that's exciting. Mm. I, it's why Black Mirror still, even though that the quality has gone down in what they're saying and what they're telling, it's still exciting to watch because you don't know what's going to happen. You know, you watch the next episode mm. of House of Dragon or Lord of the Rings, you kind of know where the story's going to go. You, you kind of, well, I mean, maybe Game of Thrones, not so much right. because they could just kill anyone left off, left, right and center. But did you know they killed Ned Stark? What? No, you can't say that. I, okay. Well, I mean, Spoilers. we're just telling everyone who dies in movies and TV shows this episode, aren't we? Uh, yeah. But no, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see the episodes that come out uh with each filmmaker and what they're going to be doing i'm trying to see if there's anything on imdb there's nothing on imdb that tells me anything so even more curious it is a bit of a cabinet of curiosities that hasn't been opened yet in a way 
Mm. Um, but yeah, uh, anyways, there's a couple of trailers that are getting a shout out. Um, it's it's funny because I've seen like half of them of the, <laughs> that list already. Flex. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yes, uh, woo. Uh, no, Tar uh, is getting a limited release uh, in um, the states uh, right now as this episode is out. Hopefully, it will release uh, somewhere soon, close to you as well. Uh, in Switzerland, it's going to be. February that got another really solid trailer uh really matching the energy of the film as well already caught that one um can give it a very warm recommendation same goes for bones and all although I've been waiting for the novel that I ordered like over a month ago a month and a half ago I just never got it uh You've I haven't read the book I've I've been a bit scammed because I I like after the the end of the film I was like oh I didn't I I kind of want to read the ending of the book to see if if I like it, uh but but bones and all from Luca Guadagnino with Timothy Chalamet Taylor Russell uh, also gets a recommendation from me um something I haven't seen yet Enola Holmes two November fourth over on Netflix a bit of a um I guess collab with Sherlock Holmes played by Henry Cavill uh they share the same case um probably going to be a bit of the same but they're changing it up because now she's pairing up with uh, Sherlock in a way a bit I don't know Stars at Noon um a A24 film uh, I caught in Gun that I thought was one of the worst films I saw at that festival can't really recommend that one it's a bit of a ugh, bit of a uh, miss and then uh, from the Squid Game actor uh the lead he's uh, directing his own action film also caught that one in Khan a gun it's a crazy action mess uh certainly entertaining and like and there's a lot of bang bang not so funny very serious but like it it compensates the uh, the the hahas with a lot of bang bang and then um yeah spoiler alert uh it's should have been the title of this episode uh, releases on December 2nd uh, with Jim Parson uh, the uh, actor of Sheldon from the Big Bang Theory which I guess yeah he's, he's gonna be Sheldon from the Big Bang Theory forever I also can't really see him play anyone else he has really a distinctive thing going with his voice and the way he talks so I'm like I'm a bit uh, not that receptive to spoiler alert it feels like uh, yeah not really uh, my thing and then lastly we can briefly, I guess, talk about this, but I don't think it didn't really add much. We got another trailer for Black Panda Wakanda Forever. I guess the first trailer was more of a teaser. Uh, this is a full-on um, trailer where we get a bit more of the story, get to see a bit more of Namor, and I'm blanking on the name of the character, but one that's in the suit flying up. Uh, that's... <laughs> A Iron character, Heart. Ironheart, I think. Oh, yeah, Man, I, hate, I do. I, we no, nailed it at the I same time. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. That's me being a slight right. nerd. I retract my statement. It's not Ironheart. I have no idea who it is. Mm. I don't want to be the guy who's the MCU guy on this podcast. You and you said Ironheart, didn't you? I'm not the MCU I, we, guy well, on this on podcast. on my end, we said it at I the exact refuse. same time. <laughs> on my yeah, end, we said yeah, the exact same delay. time, which yeah, means the there's delay. a delay and you said it first. So uh, No, the delay <laughs> is you. Is upside down because you're in I'm Australia, not, I'm so not it's the actually MCU me. Guy on this fucking podcast, I've refused. <laughs> if you make me the MCU guy, I'm gonna quit. Which actually, well, luckily, let's move on to what we've been watching because you apparently have been the Star Wars guy. I'm the Star Wars guy, baby. <laughs> let's be watching Clone Wars. Yeah, let's talk about um, Clone Wars. How's it been? Okay, just quickly, I have 
literally got the last episode of season six to go before I get onto season seven. And yep. Yoda is popping off. I love this. The whole of season six is just a completely different ballpark. And these last three episodes right. have been insane. Um, yeah. I just am lost for words of how, I don't know how they just decided to can this show just at the end of all of this. And mm-hmm. yeah, as like I said, like the last episode, I'm very excited to get into season seven uh, because obviously Tales of the Jedi is coming out soon and I, I want to be on a clear mm-hmm. slate and ready to watch that. But I also want to watch all of the other stuff like House of Dragon and stuff before that. Um, other than that, right. Ewan, uh, yeah. I did not put together the wicked tool that I have to show off 4Ks, but uh, here is... A 4K. You watched Elvis, or did you just Elvis, get it? Baby. Have you watched it I yet? didn't log it. I have watched it. I haven't logged right. it. And I'll tell you what. Uh-huh. It's all right. <laughs> it's, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> I mean, it's... Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, yeah. I didn't log it because I, I didn't know what to rate it on Letterboxd. I was sitting there and I was like, yeah. do I give it a two? Do I give it a three? Do I give it a three and a half? Do I give it a two and a half? Like, it sits in between all of it. And I don't know what it mm-hmm. is, but... I also went back and watched The Great Gatsby, another of Baz Luhrmann's films. Uh, mm-hmm. And look, I, I'm i not a big Baz Luhrmann guy. I'm just not yeah. a, a fan of the... the it's, it's kind of like a sensory overload when you watch a Baz Luhrmann film. And, yeah. I, and I think for a lot of people, the magic of movies, Baz Luhrmann is perfect because... Mm. It, again, it's it's a sensory overload of style and substance, and it, it, it really is like Baz Luhrmann's a, a, an incredible director, and I and I'm not saying he's a bad director, but for me, it's just too much. Like when I'm watching The Great Gatsby, like the first probably like thirty minutes to an hour, there's a lot of quick cutting, and it's just so quick, yeah. and I, I, I and it's so much to take in that you've got to watch the movie a bunch of times to kind of get everything out of it. Um, but it's so iconic and a lot of memes. Um. Austin Butler does a, a, a good job. Uh, I'm not going to lie. He does yeah. a good job. And uh, do I think it's Oscar worthy? No. But did I think that Taron Egerton's uh, performance of Elton John was Oscar worthy? I don't think so either. Do I think that uh, uh, Rami Malek's Rami Malek? yeah. uh, Bohemian Rhapsody performance was Oscar worthy? No. But at the same time, you know, I can definitely see him getting nominated for this mm-hmm. because of it, what the, who the performance is. So, right. um, yeah, again, it's, it's very Baz Luhrmann-y. Uh, you're going to either love it or hate it. Uh, you're going to either, like, again, Elton, uh, not Elton John, uh, who are we talking about? Elvis. Elvis's music is very <laughs> iconic and, mm-hmm. uh, I, and I, and I, and I do like it. I do enjoy his music and he's a mm-hmm. excellent performer. Like from the clips that yeah. I have seen, uh, I'm going to sneeze one second. It's hay fever season and I am literally dying. I've literally got an air purifier over here to clean my room of dust. Um, anyway. Uh, yeah. And it's been so dusty in my, my basement yeah. as well. It's, it's been really rough. And again, I, 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 the reason I wanted to bring up the fact that I watched Elvis and I haven't logged it yet. I'll probably log it after this and give it a fucking score or something. Um, because I want to bring it back to the conversation around these movies about these larger than life people, which we're actually going to talk about mm-hmm. one today, uh, the Marilyn Monroe movie. Um, so yeah. far, I think the best one has been Rocket Man 
because it's the one where it's yeah. mostly realistic, but it has this larger than life moments where he like he actually levitates when he's doing the piano thing. And mm-hmm. that's the great thing about it. Bohemian Rhapsody was a very grounded film. And as much as I like that, Freddie Mercury was a larger than life character. Uh, Elton John is a larger than life character. And the same with Elvis. He is a larger than life character, but the closest thing that I've seen to that performance being larger than life was rocket man. But I feel like Mm -hmm. this film is the one that elevates the larger than life persona because of Baz Luhrmann's style. So again, do I think this film's great? I think it's okay. I think it's a good film and I think it's a great enjoying, uh, like a good way of wasting time. It's a long movie though. Like how long is this? Uh, 259. Yeah, it's, geez, that's almost three hours. Uh, yeah, it's just a bit too long. (laughs) Like, shorten it down, have a good moment, have a good time, play some good songs, (laughs) and, yeah. How do you shorten down a Buzz Lerman film? It's already so quick, Uh, cut out Eddie. Cut out Tom Hanks. Yeah, cut out Tom Hanks. Oh, yeah, and Tom Hanks is in this movie. Uh, so... There you go. Um, yeah, I think uh, tagging on to that, A24 with Sofia Kovala is also working on a film called uh, Priscilla with Jacob Elordi. Um, so that's going to be interesting. Jacob Elordi to play Elvis and someone I don't know, uh, Kaylee um, Spaney, Spaney, I don't know how to say her name. She's playing uh, Priscilla. Uh, so I'm quite keen for, okay. for that one because like obviously in the... Elvis biopic, you don't go too much critic like he's the protagonist, uh, yeah. So it it doesn't like it, it 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 I guess leaves out some of the the weirder sides of him and basically shows him of this victim of being um it's just a very uh, glorified Elvis, which is like all of them in a way. That's why I agree with you. I think with Rocket Man, when you make it larger than life, it also absolves you of some criticism because you're more about the mm-hmm. iconicness and not just depicting someone's yeah. life. I think that's a better approach. Uh, like, yeah, better than um, they did it. Also, in Rocket Man's the only one so far where the, the the person's still alive. Freddie Mercury and Elvis are both dead. So, you know, what? are you gonna yeah. are you gonna be able to get their uh, well, not their opinion, but someone's opinion on the movie that's being made? I'm sure Elton John probably wouldn't want the movie to be shitting on him, and I'm sure that whoever right. owns whoever owns the rights to give these people the ability to make these movies about Elton, uh, about Elton John, about Elvis, about uh, Freddie Mercury, they're going to not, they're not going to go. Yeah, man, if you want to tell the honest story of, of Freddie Mercury being a bit of a dick, we're not going to let you do that. We want you to make a movie where he's the greatest person alive. We want you to make a movie about Elvis where he's the greatest person alive. We don't want him to do, we don't want you to do any of the dark stuff. Just make a good movie about them. So that's the Mm. unfortunate thing uh, about people being dead or alive is that the people who are alive, probably don't want their image spat on. And the people who are dead, the people who are protecting that image don't want their image spat on. Cause Elvis probably ships s- still to this day, heaps of vinyls that people want to listen to. And I'm sure Queen does yeah. the exact same thing. And if all of a sudden, mm. you know, a big thing comes out where Elvis murdered a cat, I'm sure then, uh, uh he would stop selling. Yeah. Have you seen yesterday? Yes. That's the, yeah, where they, like, they, they take a different approach, but it's still about, like, I guess the influence the of, 
of the Beatles. Yeah, exactly. And I think that that's like I don't think the movie works uh, overall. Um, but it, it it is a bit of uh, like a more unique approach than just the the classical biopic, which is why I'm so yeah approach. It, it's an inter it's an interesting approach, which is why I'm so keen for more people to see Tar. Uh, because it also is not really biopic -y. It's more like you get a slice of someone's life for a time period. And then it just mm. like, that's what you get. It doesn't really, uh, yeah, it isn't really concerned with tie ending every single thing. And it's also not a real person. So like I said, that yeah. makes it a bit easier. Makes uh, it a bit easier. You again, can spit just, on their image. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, um, I've been really busy uh, with uh, ZFF. Uh, we're recording this and you're getting an other episode in between. You get this one. So technically that one that was the last la last episode that you just watched 109. Uh, <laughs> we recorded like two weeks ago. Uh, but 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 now, um, um, although there's an episode in between, uh, ZFF has just wrapped for me. And uh, I think I have a list of like... 60 films out of, out of the 150 in the program that I've seen. So it was a it was a busy festival, but mainly just because I also had the opportunity to see some films before. Uh, so our coverage, really, we went over 75 films that I won't go over ag again, and I won't mention them here. If you want my thoughts, um, then check out that recap or uh, my YouTube channel where I'll take a look at, at some of them um, in a short re review form. But... Something I watched in between uh, was the greatest beer run ever from the director of the Green Book, the Oscar-winning Green Book. And I think a lot of people went in ready to hate this film, uh, including myself, because I really didn't like Green Book and what it stands for. And it's, uh, I, I guess, ultimately yet another uh, old white dude who's making a movie about like, yo, Vietnam was kind of bad. But also, yeah. let's uh, put a gullible character at the center of it with Zac Afron that's based on true events um, of someone delivering beer to, uh, to his buddies in Vietnam. And it's, it's obviously coming in with the lightheartedness, but then, like, you know, fish out of water, you realize this is actually serious. It plays it beat by beat, by beat how you'd expect it. Also couldn't tell any of the characters apart because all of them just looked like they're from Brooklyn in the, I guess, in the, in the, in the seventies. And, um, yeah, that's that. I think it, it wasn't as terrible as maybe some people make it out to be. I think it's like inoffensive, uh, and also doesn't have a shot at like picking up Oscars, uh, like Green Book did. So I think, uh, it's gonna hope, uh, hopefully <laughs> it's gonna fly under the radar for like people who, who watch it because it is now on that, on that ras roster of, Oscar-nominated things. So over on Apple TV+, Plus, it's probably going to find its audience, and it's totally fine. Uh, also watched uh, Mike. Uh, is a Hulu miniseries, I think with eight episodes, all about half an hour long, um, going through the entire life of Mike Tyson. And uh, this whole series feels like a, a, a misstep, uh, just because it... it, it um, completely feels like surface level stuff where he, he's giving basically like a TED talk or whatever, some kind of talk and it keeps cutting back to, uh, I guess what he's talking about. Uh, and that's kind of the narrative framework, but it goes over a lot of stuff so incredibly quickly that, uh, it, there, there was never any substance in it. It still tries to hit all like 
the points where he's also more controversial, but it's also told from him. I think it's just not not really carefully uh, assembled together, but it's just like kind of a mismatch. Um, and it feels like a glorified slideshow of of um, a peek behind the curtain of, of Mike Tyson. So, so yeah, can't really recommend uh, Mike. But uh, that's, that's it for what we've been watching. And uh, now we can get to our onslaught of uh, Netflix uh, reviews. And uh, we'll kick it off with uh, Andrew Dominic's Blonde uh, that premiered over at Venice earlier this year. And uh, the synopsis reads, From her volatile childhood as Norma Jean, through her rise to stardom and romantic entanglements, this reimagined fictional portrait of Hollywood legend Marilyn Monroe blurs the lines of fact and fiction to explore the widening split between her public and private selves. Uh, seems pretty ambitious just from the synopsis. Uh, many maybe thought that, well, I think it's overly ambitious because it didn't really land for them. Uh, on Letterboxd, this film has received a 2.1. On IMDb, a 5.6. And on Metacritic, a 49. Uh, it comes in at a runtime of 2 hours and 46 minute, minutes and is a Netflix production with an estimated budget of about uh, 200 million and stars Ana de Amas and Adrian Brody. Now, uh, Lachlan, without further ado, uh, what did you make of Blonde? Blonde is a two-hour and 46-minute long epic showing of this era. That's what it is. It's a beautiful, a, 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 honestly, a quite beautiful spectacle of mm -hmm. the era that it's in. And yeah. it is also beautiful in the i guess the artistic vision that they wanted to tell this film in mm -hmm. i think that there are a lot of transitions that are quite humorous and quite funny especially the one mm -hmm. where uh, at a point uh someone's going to uh have sexual intercourse with marilyn monroe and it cuts to a giant waterfall it is very humorous with that transition there is a mm. lot of very smart things that I think are in this film. And that's where I'll end the praise because honestly, it brought nothing yeah. else to the show. I was quite bored throughout the entire thing. It runs for way too fucking long. And in all honesty, uh, why does this film exist? What, what story did they want to tell? Because whatever story they wanted to tell, we already knew. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it is that fictional retelling. I mean, we were just talking about like, Granted in life biopics, right, and what they are doing, and I think in in this, I don't I don't know exactly what what the point was. Like I I don't know if that was your point, but I I'd agree with you that it uh it it doesn't really end up saying anything or um is like an like the 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 pivotal uh recap of someone's life, and you would point to this film. It's like oh yeah, here's more on Marilyn Monroe if you're curious. It just feels like it uses a lot of style uh, with constant changes in the aspect ratio, the way it's shot, the color, then it's not colored. And I don't know if it's all supposed to reflect something in her, but it just comes off as very messy. But uh, to me, you said you were bored. I, I, even though this movie is very long, I weirdly wasn't 
bored at all with the film. It kind of kept me mm. engaged. I don't think it it worked in a lot of places, but maybe I was also too too forgiving in things where it didn't really lead anywhere. But uh, the the rare occasion where I don't think uh, I'm not thinking about okay, this needs to add up to this and that and this and that. Like it it needs to have this grand weaving story. I think the 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 kind of little uh, side bits were the most uh, enjoyable ones that um, didn't really lead anywhere. I think the first bits with uh, Chaplin and Eddie Robinson Jr., um, Chaplin's son and Eddie Robinson Jr., I think those were like, I, I don't know what exactly, uh, why exactly they take that much of a focus in, in the film, but um, I mean, I, I, didn't, I didn't mind it, to be honest, and maybe I don't know exactly uh, why. Maybe it's because I'm the MCU guy in this fucking podcast and there wasn't enough shoot, shoot, well, bang, bang. But m I guess my issue with it was the fact that there really was no overall arching plot line. And other than daddy issues, I guess. And, and, right? and that's not, that's other not than the, the daddy issues. That's not like, really plot. And that's yeah. something obviously that you could relate to you and uh, with this film. And yeah, it's just unfortunate. <laughs> Sorry. I couldn't keep going without like addressing. That was a good one. And I got you there. Um, <laughs> No, look, okay. Well, first of all, we're going to talk about the, the quickly about the story. Like the, mm -hmm. how it overall plot, there's nothing there. Like if you're going to tell a story, have a story. First of all, if you want to, mm -hmm. if you want to say something, because every film tries to say something, this film says nothing, nothing that we already did not know about the life of Marilyn Monroe. And yeah. it's unfortunate that she starts in the same place and ends in the same place. There is no growth for her. And that's what is yeah. what I, that that's what I was hoping. We talk about obviously these grand like larger than life characters earlier with all these biopics. And Marilyn Monroe had this persona, and she had this much uh, and this very different like normal self. And they ended up merging mm -hmm. together in a way. And I thought that was quite interesting in how she would become Marilyn Monroe. She's no longer uh, Norma uh, Jean, which I was hoping it would go into more. It doesn't really, and that's the unfortunate thing, is yeah. that yeah. I yeah, saw agreed. this, yeah. and, and this film was obviously advertised as a, a a biopic, and I thought this would be really exciting to see the ins and outs, and then obviously, it's not. It's based on a fictional story, and that's where mm. I started to, you know, lose my interest in this film, because I was hoping to see some sort of, and, and, and you do, you do see a mental struggle with this character that she's known as and it's not mm -hmm. her in any kind of way and she's over sexualized and she's abused and there's a lot of stuff in this film it's a very i'm gonna say it's a very dark film very like mm -hmm. out of all of the films we're going to talk about today the three that we're talking about two of them are very dark but two of them are dark in very different re for two different reasons but yeah like it's 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 hard to watch at times it's obviously trying to say that in a way that, you know, at this time and even still to today, you know, women in this industry are, you know, used and abused to get to these parts and yeah. men are pigs and animals. And, you know, this, this was a very toxic place back then. And I get that, but it doesn't do anything else than say that for two hours and 46 minutes. And, I, yeah. I, and I'm not going to say that, you know, that's a bad thing. 
because it, 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 it is a bad thing what's done, but you cannot keep telling someone that's bad for two and a half, like two and a half hours and then expect them to be like, yes, this film is excellent. It's telling a great story. It's telling a great yeah, yeah. message because that message just, just ran home too many times. Mm -hmm. No, I agreed there because you can play, you can, you can do a, a, a tragic tale like this one. Um, while you said, I think the, the, the only thing that it needs, you can go through all of those, uh, those terrible things but then grow as a person and like that part can be fictional or it cannot be fiction it doesn't need to be a happy ending but you just need like some sort of thing for uh norma jean to go through but she's so passive in all of this and it's more mm. about like why is hollywood bad and at the same time this film can then be a critique of that whole system which it kind of is in a way but then it also wants to have the big moments where uh it is about like that like really uh, iconic moment with the skirt and i think it stays on on that there for a long time and i think it wasn't i, I think it tried to shoot it in a way where it felt like this is intrusive this is over the top or whatever this is like um weird but the juxtaposition of i think having a moment a quiet moment right before where it was actually about her being used and then her going into that completely being used on the outside being fine it there wasn't a point where the split between when's norma jean going and when marilyn monroe is coming out and why is that happening for the character psycho psychologically that wasn't done uh, carefully enough that i think it, it makes sense to have the story go for almost three hours it really doesn't tell that much there i yeah and if I'd you say. really want to see growth give her some empowerment by the end don't let and, and i think at this point we should switch into spoilers so spoiler yeah. warning for anyone who's wanting to spoilers. hear spoilers for this film if you want yeah. jump through remain blanette all the time codes in the description don't get blind. Um, so spoiler yep. here we go if you want to give her some empowerment by the end don't have a scene with her yelling at the director and standing up for herself and then also following it up with also being sexually assaulted by the president of the United States. Yeah. Don't have that. Let her stand up. Let her be, let her be strong for once. Let her grow as a character because she's still constantly, like the only thing that breaks down is her, her, men, her mental psych, strength. Yeah her psyche and yeah, right. it's never built back up. She's just always broken. And it's unfortunate that it ends in such a sad note. And I guess there, there is a, there is another side that you can go, yes, this film was never going to be a thing about saying that she had a great life. Cause she, she probably didn't. Uh, but in mm -hmm. saying that though, this is the story that they wanted to tell. If they're going to keep doubling it down, doubling it down, like again, tell us a bit more of a story. Let her grow more as a character. Don't let her grow in everyone's minds of this really out of this world character and then still being used and abused. It's just, yeah, Blonde, I thought was going to tell something about Marilyn that we've really never seen before, but it's still just a, yeah. a, a story about Marilyn Monroe. Just let her, like, legend die. Like, she's, mm -hmm. you know, just let her... Don't use this image like this. And again, it's kind of like, we'll sp actually, we are kind of speaking about this before. Why do they get to make a film about her being used and abused? And then they get to have all these films about these dudes having this grand old life. That's the, like all of the other biopics we yeah. had. Like, like why is Marilyn Monroe's going to be super sad and depressing? Why can't well, it be 
I mean, Bohemian Rhapsody was also about the drug abuse in a way, but it's definitely framed differently. I don't know if that's it's, it is like a, so a, a gendered thing, but it, it is very surface level. And here, it's the entire substance of it all is just caught up with that. I think that's a really interesting point that I don't have like an actual like thought out response yeah. to. It would be something and really interesting really just, to look at because thinking back, talking about it, yeah, thinking back, there's there's a lot of that, but I guess it is just in a way the reality that 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 you face under the scrutiny of being a a female star that you have to deal with men and men have like just a generalized uh, tendency to be creepier, to be more stalkers, to be more abusive, to be more violent, except, except Whitey. Whitey. Is his name Whitey? Whitey. The, like, the I... makeup artist in the film? Oh, um, I don't... <laughs> I don't remember. Because he's a homie. He, he stuck He stuck through Maryland he's... through and through. He's a good dude. He's the only yeah. good guy yeah, in yeah, the yeah. film. Oh, no, not, not like... I don't think it's it's making the all-men bad thing. Yeah, it's just yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. you know, overly proportionately, if you're dealing with more people, a bigger audience, you're going to have... You know, if it's that... Uh, I, I don't know if that makes sense because, like... Yeah, no, no, I don't know. The obsession with female, male adoration thing. I think I think it gets weird quickly. Uh, and I, I don't think this movie does a great job at depicting that, though. Um, because it feels like, okay, we're going into this moment where, she's, uh, where she goes through this traumatic thing. And then it just keeps on going and... Uh, I mean, it's really hard to watch. It's really hard to watch, and um, at times it feels like it's it's going through the notions of uh, making this artistic thing, and that's uh, why it can be nuanced and bad things can be happening, and it's not like this story that you could tell with with a Bohemian Rhapsody like film. But um, I think I think the ambition is here to do something good. It just doesn't really work. That's why I like I don't land negative negatively. On this film, I think it's quite solid. Uh, I initially gave it a, a seven out of ten. I think it will go down to a six probably now, having rewatched parts of it. Uh, I didn't have the time to spend another three hours rewatching the entire film. So it's been a while since I've seen the whole thing in in one piece. But but yeah, uh, a bit underwhelming because we were both kind of anticipating. And at the end of the day, when we were watching the trailers, it, it turns out to be a bit more. Uh, of, of what I expected it would be that, um, you know, it seemed like it would go uh, deeper into the character, but ultimately didn't really because it's still concerned with the image it gives out, certain iconic things that you still need to have in the film. And then that's just kind of a contradiction in the whole whole, whole film, in the whole narrative. Uh, but other than that, I think one more thing uh, I should briefly mention. I think the performance from Anna de Amas uh, is very solid. It's very great. I don't have anything... Um, bad to say about it. I think there was quite a bit of talk around that, basically just dumb stuff uh, mainly, but I, I think she, she saw it, not like Oscar performance uh, level, but but still very good for, for what this movie needed. I think she kind of provided it. Although I think it definitely was, I, I don't know if there's that much nudity if, if it's someone else than Ana de Amas, because she seems to be someone who's very comfortable with, with nudity on screen and uh, screen and doesn't really mind it. But it was it was a <laughs> it was a bit much, I'd say. I don't know how you felt about it, but it felt like um, I, I don't know if that's like it ma makes sense for the Marilyn Monroe uh, character. 
but yeah. Her, uh, her, I'm yeah. glad you brought up uh, performances because that's the last thing I wanted to talk about. I had no issues with anyone's performance in this film. Adrian Brody's Ama Diamez, and I, I definitely thought Ama Diamez, <clears throat> she was the biggest thing that was keeping me locked in with this film. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which now that you, I say that, following you saying that she was topless for the majority of the movie, I can see how that sounds. She, I was captiva- <laughs> captivated by her performance throughout the entire thing. Uh, again, oh, yeah. I do not believe that it's uh, Oscar worthy. I definitely think yeah. it's Oscar Beatty in a way. Uh, I definitely think that the Netflix is going to try to go for a Oscar nom in this situation. Um, right. But no, yeah, I, I don't really have any, like I've, I've seen films with more nudity in it than this film. So my level of tolerance of nudity in film is probably very high. Um, Man, so, you're brave. <laughs> <laughs> I've also realized it sounds like I'm just talking about porn. <laughs> I consume so much level of nudity in film, (laughs) (laughs) and I don't mind it at all. Oh, jeez. Oh, God. Um, uh, Scrap that. That's that's bad. That's bad. Uh, But no, I I think that there were just previous previous Ana Diama's performances that I was more engaged with, but I definitely think that she did a spectacular job in this film. It's probably one of... It Mm -hmm. it probably is my favorite part of this film is her performance as Marilyn Monroe. She did a great job, uh, even if there were doubts from people when she first got cast as Marilyn. But anyway, my final number is a two out of five. Lock it in. Right. Yeah. I didn't leak it because he said it first and then I said it with my fingers. I didn't even say the word, so you can't be mad. Uh, Don't go spiraling into a riot uh, like in our next film that we're talking about today. Athena. Uh, in an isolated family mansion, a group of rich 20-somethings decides to play bodies, bodies, bodies. That's not the film. Yeah, you left it. I can't <laughs> believe you left it. And you were reading it like it was meant to be the right one. No, I, I said, I, I noticed as, as soon as I said man, mansion, uh, I noticed that it was the other film. But I, I kept going because it was like, okay, well. No, oh, bro, I thought you funny. were going to change it. I, I saw you You had left it as the bodies, bodies, bodies one from last week. Yeah, I just copied. Uh, <laughs> can't believe you, I can't believe you got through that so far. Check out the like, bodies, bodies, bodies episode. Anyways, hours after the tragic death of their youngest brother in unexplained circumstances, three siblings have their lives thrown into chaos. Uh, so that's Athena, uh, the action-packed Netflix film are coming with a bunch of one takes and crazy action from uh, music video and film director Roman uh, Gavras. Uh, I think he shot like music videos for Kanye West before uh, a bunch of other like bigger bigger creators. Uh, Comes in at a runtime of 99 minutes uh, as I said over on Netflix and currently has a rating on Letterboxd of 3.4, on IMDb is 6.8, and on Metacritic is 72. So overall, quite a positive response to the film. Um, apparently, the budget of this film was $41 million, but I can't, couldn't wow. really find a really notable, uh, credit-worthy uh, site to back that up. So it might be a really high estimate. I would have more guessed. I mean, it's crazy that, like, 
this costs double than um, blonde, so I don't really think that's an accurate number. Uh, but it's just the one that I'm working with. I think I think it's more realistic if this movie is like 12 million or 15 uh, that would already be on the high end. But you never know what Netflix is spending its money on for the rest of 2022. After that, they will probably make a bunch of cuts. Uh, I watched also a bunch of behind the scenes for this film, and it's crazy how they approach this because um, basically... Uh, pretty much all you see, in, apart from probably a bunch of bigger sequences with explosions and stuff, it's all done practically. And it's all done in, like, we're getting one shot a day type of thing, where you really just reset, go over and over through the notions, and uh, don't really cut that much. Which, um, Lachlan, what do you want to get your opinion in? For a really action-packed film like this, do you think... Here, like, we can talk about that overall in action afterwards, but here in Athena, do you think it works to to really build and, and hold that tension um, even if it's uh, even if it, if it doesn't cut and we are shooting it in long takes? In this situation, I believe so. Um, I don't think it's yeah. going to be fair to compare it to other one-take films, such as 1917, mm -hmm. as they are drastically different in story and they are drastically different in the style of one takes uh and they're also drastically different when it comes to the relationship between the characters but yeah in this situation i believe that athena does not use does not prioritize the the, the fact that it's a one take it prioritizes mm -hmm. the story and it and and the action and the emotion that's in that scene and then uses mm. the one take to continue that emotion because it doesn't cut away from that emotion and then it follows it to the next scene. And I, that's yeah. what I think, that's what I, that's how what I found with Athena. And it's probably one of my notes that I've mm. got written down here that it's unlike other one take films, the one take doesn't take priority. Uh, this film, it doesn't do that. It's story, the family dynamic, their relationships with one another. That's what keeps you in. And the one take mm. then helps you stay with them in their fights, in their grief, etc. That's one of the notes that I've written down for this film. It, yeah, it feels like inescapable, at least to me, that it just continues on. There's no real break. You, can, you, you, haven't, you, you feel like you can't even breathe at times because it yeah. really is that fast pace. There's so much going on. So I think, um, like, it, I'm, I'm probably going to link the behind the scenes uh, in, in the show notes as well. But it was, it was, um, it was just breathtaking to see how uh, they went about directing this. That um, really a lot of stuff was dangerous for them to shoot as well. Uh, there was safety. There was obviously like people who were capable. But um, it still feels like it, it's it's a mess. It, it comes off as like a huge mess and chaotic on screen because it also was a calculated chaotic mess uh, to film. And for that, I think that the, the movie is really impressive. And mm -hmm. I think it doesn't really set out much else, especially for like the first half of the film. We're not getting into, into spoilers just yet, but I think that um, the story, uh, you said that it's, it's like... I think it's it's less it's more uh, that's concerned about the plot but not the story. I don't think there's like if there's a difference between that the plot just to move on with the with the film, but the story of those characters in the plot they don't really work for me. I think they're kind of um, 
pulling it very thin on the believability and uh, just really wanting the tension high that it sure. doesn't really make sense for me, like how committed some of the things are. But arguably, I mean, I'm not in that position. And I, I think mentally it's really hard to get in there, like be that uh, angry and, and driven to just destruction. Um, but maybe like uh, the, the cycle of violence in a sense, uh, I don't think that like that thing fully worked worked for me. The initial setup of uh what's his name uh karim karim in, yeah obviously the the, the opening top. is quite dramatic and yeah. it really it, it does draw you in and you kind of then follow them to their their fort and you and for me that is the probably the most unbelievable part is the fort they've got set up and all these people that they've got riled up for the death of his younger brother and yeah. obviously there's the mystery around it of who killed the little brother and they're obviously accusing the police and the police are retaliating. So I think that there's, for me, I, I, I do agree in a way that the plot between each beat is a bit weak. And, but for me, it was the fact that it was brother against brother against brother which really yeah. locked me in for some reason. And mm -hmm. I guess it's what a lot of uh, some of these films have missing in them. Like a lot of other one take films don't really have this emotional dynamic between characters. They're like, I guess in yeah. a war film, uh, it, I guess it, it, in Australia, we have the Anzacs. And one of the biggest thing about the Anzacs, which was the uh, army here was the mateship between them that, you know, someone would die for one another. And you can have that in war yeah. films. You definitely have that in war films. But in this one, it's the fact that, you know, there's four brothers, essentially. There's a, there's a, there's a brother who is dead. There is a mm. brother who is starting a revolution. There is the other brother that's following orders. And then the other brother is a drug lord. Like, that is yeah. four very different characters with very different mentalities Besides mm. one whose mentality is dead, uh, but <laughs> four there's four different, very Aha, different so personalities at each other at their throats, mm. and it's interesting that you know they they it's like you're with me or you're not with me, like are you in or you out, yeah. and they're all doing completely different things. Now, mm. obviously, talking about the the cycle of violence doesn't work. Yeah, I think I, that I think for that we'd have to go into. Spoilers, if you want to talk about that. Let's jump into spoilers. Yeah. I think that right. obviously talking about the uh, cycle of violence doesn't work. As I said, the first initial one, the 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 taking him back to the fort and meet like Karim walking around the, I guess the area. At first, I thought this is a bit of a like what's going on here that he's just like telling people mm -hmm. orders for like ten minutes, but it really sets up like people are rallied against the fact that. The police, the police in quotations, have murdered his younger brother, you know, and you've obviously got yeah. the whole, you know, people are angry, but they see him and they go, hey, man, I'm, I'm really sorry for your loss. And you go, oh, OK, so yeah. people are either super pissed off that this kid has died and they want to fight and they want to start a revolution about something or they they understand or, or, or they either don't want to fight, but they still understand that he has lost a brother. And, and I felt like yeah. there was this sense of community, this sense of a yeah. family larger than your own bloodline in this group. And that's what really kept me in that everyone knew each other. Everyone mm. 
was knew what was going on in each other's lives and they all know each other and they want to be there for one another. And that was really yeah. interesting that this community is going against, you know, the police. Um, and then especially at the end, they've got this, <laughs> I guess this, uh, a, a, a terrorist essentially that they will protect. Yeah. Sebastian. And, and I, yeah. And Sebastian. And I thought that like, why I, at first I thought, um, he wasn't, mentally there that he was you know essentially like a, a, like a small child in a, a child in a big man's body because he was listening to music yeah, yeah, yeah. he seemed to kind of have some sort of autistic um tendencies and that's what i thought was going on and then all of a sudden it's you help them out and it's just an immediate switch and i was like hang on a second you work for the police slash army but you are currently hiding a man who knows how to make a bomb it it in this kindergarten it like center like i was like taken yeah. back by how the fact that all of these people again have very different lives drug lord mm. the person starting revolution man who follows the army they're all brothers then you've got this one guy who's essentially a terrorist that they're hiding but he is basically their family member and then you've got all of these people who are rallying with them as one big family and for me that's what kept me engaged was the family dynamic yeah. Again, losing a brother, seeing that happen, then following on to, um, what was his name? Abel's, uh, like his cycle of violence, then him losing yeah. his cool and going against his own orders. And again, I, I felt the first initial cycle of violence. I was like, I don't get the, I don't, I don't, I don't know why all these people are just suddenly going for violence. And then it came to me, it was like, right. this is a community that wants, that, that understands what has happened. It's a loss and they're really sorry, but it's either I'm going to fight for you or I'm going to leave. And yeah. And again, everyone respects the family and they understand that be, and everyone's grieving in a way, but it's mm -hmm. this cycle of violence. It depends how it's been impacted for you. He's lost again. Abel's lost one brother. He's then lost another one for, I guess what he believes is the exact same reason of the police killing another brother. And yeah. he saw that one with his own eyes. So I understand his cycle of violence. Maybe not yeah. the first one. Well, I mean, I, I didn't really understand why he unloaded, like why he went that far to kill his own older brother. To me, that was, I, I don't know if I just missed something. I, I, I thought that due to the fact that he, he, he was never truly sorry for his younger brother's death because i believe yeah. from from what i when i was reading obviously when you're reading subtitles it's 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 obviously you're reading it in your head but you've also got to take in the 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 vocal Intonation. tone of the actor at the yeah. same time to see what's happening for me it mm -hmm. was the fact that the drug brother um forgive me but i don't actually know any, any of their names off the top of my head but the, i'm just going to refer to them as what they are the drug brother wasn't yep. fully blood related. They had the same dad, but a different mum. So he never really knew any of these boys and he was just part of their family and wasn't mm -hmm. probably, and probably wasn't grieving at all. He was just trying to get his drugs out of this area. Um, yeah. That's what I believe the reason he just clicked because at no point was he grieving for uh, Karim's death. He was just, yeah. Hey, We've got to get rid of these guns. We've got to get out of here. We're going to get caught. I don't care about him. We don't have time to grieve. That was his snap. The fact that this guy is his last brother and he really doesn't care that the rest of his family's dead. 
He just wants to protect his yeah. own, own ass. So maybe he it, it was like Kareem at this moment was a problem for him because the police kept closing in because they kept that guy. Uh, so he was more of a nuance. And now that he's, he's dead, uh, he's with the reasonable brother. And that brother realizes, oh, shit, that's I actually got to do something. And this guy is actually just against me. But still, I mm. think it's still a stretch that he just unleashes onto him. But I, 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 like if, I think it wants to make the point that the first people who get hurt the most are the ones closest to you that didn't do the direct damage. I think mm. like that's why that's why I meant the cycle cycle of violence of like uh, at the end of the day you got one brother left, three are dead. Uh, when um, yeah, you could have avoided uh, maybe maybe the two at least from the outgo that that we had if they just had work together with each other a bit differently, which is which is also something frustrating to see. But to me, the first half of this movie, just the action um, and him. Um, People following him as, as you said, like this big family. I think that's that's what works for me. I think the second half loses me a bit. Although I think it is a really interesting idea executed in a way that I don't know if it works for me. That uh, Abdel uh, switches that that he um, then goes um, against the police a bit more aggressively uh, on a on a on a trip of revenge. Um, I, I I can't really make sense of what the point of this movie is, and I don't know if it, if a movie like this, I think it wanted to make a point. I don't know if it needs a point because it can just be about the rage of uh, police violence. But then also it wants to do that more nuanced that like it's complicated. Maybe it wasn't the police. Maybe there's like other institutions that then or like other groups uh, with other motivations that don't like maybe overlap with the police but not don't like align uh, at least publicly uh then um and then then these two end up fighting and who loses the most well probably uh the people who just just the normal people uh like th that's for me the overall overall thing like the, the cycle of violence and those who suffer the most are never the government institutions or the individual people who represent these institutions, but the normal people. And I think it didn't need to be that. It just could have been this this ball of energy. Uh, it didn't completely work for me towards the end, but I think it was so great uh, in the moments that I still think it's it's worth uh, checking out. Like it gets it's a recommendation from me. I I agree. Uh, you can read into this film if you like, but. I, I do think that it's, if you if you just want to, again, if you don't want to watch a two and a half hour film of Elvis or a two and a half hour film of Marilyn Monroe and you just want an hour and a half of entertainment, then, and, and, and also good drama, I would say give yeah. this film a watch. And out of all the films uh, we're covering today, uh, this is going to be my highest rated of a four out of yeah. five. Sweet. For me, it's a three and a half out of five. Uh, something I forgot to mention is, um, again, you can see it in the behind the scenes, but the pyrotechnics in this film are <laughs> absolutely crazy. Like, I don't know how they guided that stuff, but it's just going off constantly. So, yeah, it feels like uh, like a Memorial Day celebrations or whatever. A lot of the bang, bang, is. shoot, shoot. Lachlan, a lot enjoy. Of <laughs> Lachlan does enjoy a lot of bang, bang, shoot, shoot. Yeah. Uh, 
Well, uh, Intergalactic, I'm not reading uh, the body's, body's body's synopsis for this one. Um, ambitious artist Jabari attempts to balance success and love when he moves into his dream Manhattan apartment and falls for his next door neighbor. Uh, so that's from first time director Fletcher Moles, uh, a movie by Kit Cuddy. Uh, but I guess he's not the director. He just accompanied um, the, uh, the, the an album. Um, alongside this film that's also the soundtrack uh, for it. Uh, he stars in it as the lead and uh, as a producer. And then we also got a really wide ex ex expanded cast of people that uh, are very, very ho uh, high profile for the parts that they actually end up playing. Uh, we'll get into that uh, in a bit. Um, it's been received quite positively. 3.8 on Letterboxd, 7.6 on NB and uh, 77 on Metacritic. Uh, so overall, uh, quite uh, positive, I'd say. It's uh, the last of the three Netflix productions we're talking about today. And it comes in at 94 minutes. And look, and before we talk about the series turned into a TV streaming film over on Netflix, uh, you know, listening to the album, I, I've had a chance to to listen about um, to the album about like twice through. Uh, do you have any any song that sticks out that you like the most? Uh, yeah, I've actually got two saved in my library. Actually, I'm just gonna load up my library so I know. Yeah. What I'm talking about. Uh, so the two that I added from the Intergalactic album was uh, "In Love" and "Do What mm -hmm. I Want." I really enjoy "Do What I Want" out of out of both of those. Um, yeah. Uh, those were the two songs that I've currently got saved. But as a as a shout out, there are a number. Again, we're a movie podcast, not a music podcast. But yeah. sometimes we like to we delve enjoy into music. The, the realm of other mediums. Uh, so if mm -hmm. I just quickly load up the album on here, there was a couple of songs that I really enjoyed. Also, the intergalactic theme, like the first song of the album, is just like a really really solid thing. Oh yeah. god, I'm playing that, it on like my speakers it, it really... accidentally. <laughs> oh my, oh my, Dobie Atmos enabled speakers. Sorry, that was an accident. Oh uh, as this yeah. film is Dobie Atmos in uh, music, uh, Apple Music. Sorry, that was a big flex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it, it, the whole thing works super well with uh, like the whole Man of the Moon series that Kid Cudi has been doing for uh, over like a decade now. Um, and um, it just f fits into that whole aesthetic uh and and it just continues on i don't know where you would kind of place that in his discography overall because it very much is a more like less uh rap heavy i think it's more like the songs and tunes and whatever i think that's a bigger focus that it also works at, as a soundtrack uh for me i think in love is also on there uh, i also enjoyed uh, my drug which is a bit of a a cheesier love song uh, and I, I, I think, um, that, uh, what did you say? Which one's your favorite? Do what I want. I think that's the most classical, like banger Cuddy song that he puts out there. It's more of a, like a single, uh, but in the, just, uh, in the show, in, in, sorry, in the, in the film, not in the show, formerly show, now a film, um, she's looking for me is another one that I, that I quite liked, uh, more of them like towards the end for me, uh, where it gets a bit more, uh. I don't know where like the 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 love um not triangle but the, like the love stuff uh it takes up a bit a bigger part of the of the story. Um, did you have any other sh songs you wanted to shout out? Um, no, I'm just listening to a couple of songs now. 
Because uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I only listened great... to the album once and it was me like in the car on a ride home. So I, I had like, yeah. a, a long car ride that I was listening to. So I didn't actually get to mm-hmm. save any until I got home. But um, yeah. I think it was Ignite the Love as well. It's not a good one. I, I think I think it, it is like a good soundtrack album because all of the songs really bleed nicely into each other and flow into each other. I mean, that's always something that Kid Cudi does very well with like the storytelling in in all of his albums. But here, I guess it's it's, you know, you can have something to attach to with what it was also made for with the series. And uh, yeah, it's great, great uh, album to put on and um, just chill to. I love it. But it doesn't really have like big, like banger songs that are probably going to be like the most iconic uh, of this mm. entire discography, but they, I, I think they really fit with the theme of Man of the Moon and uh, for for this film. Uh, but what did you what did you make of um, this film turned series? Uh, no, other way around. I, uh, I would love the. I would love every time an artist does an album that that they want to tell a little story to do something like this. Because I thought yeah. it was just really... Again, this film is not as uh, heavy as both Athena and Blonde. However, yeah. this was just so much fun just to chill out to and watch as uh, the story is easy to follow. It's nothing too deep. It's just a really mm-hmm. good little love story uh, between two people. And I guess, you know, the, the the weird world that we live in in this current age and what dating is like at this current age... Um, it's yeah. just a really good, I guess, music video for this album because it's, yeah. it's like, a, it's like a long music video for this album. It is. Yeah. And I mean, um, I, I get why this wasn't an, initially a series because they do have those chapters, uh, that kind of close off certain bits. And I think that they're like in the, the film, they don't really flow that nicely, uh, from chapter to chapter. It feels like a bit of a jump. And especially I think in the first half of, of the film, it's more about, well, when do we get the needle drop of a new song and we do something to it? It doesn't really, isn't really concerned with the story too much, which makes it a perfect companion piece um, to, to an album, like you said. Uh, and the animation as well. I really like uh, the, the fashion style as well from the characters that are on screen and then just the, the animation as well, which um it was interesting they worked with uh different frame rates at times for uh like how characters were walking and it almost felt like it's stop motion at times and then it's more fluid uh they went in and out of that i guess the the most the easiest uh comparison to is uh into the spider-verse that uh has like really had a similar style and also was using different frame rates um for for different characters and different moments um, but yeah, man, I just had a good time. Uh, I was vibing to the film, watched it with my little brother who I, I made sit through all of the, the albums that I've enjoyed recently. It's like, no, listen to this one, listen to this one. And we just were, were sitting on the couch and just nodding our heads to the songs. And it was a, a lighthearted, like you said, it's not, it's not as dark as the other films we discussed today. Uh, lighthearted, uh, watch about a, a guy who falls in love, who's who's a bit of a douche, I think, overall, uh, the way he he handles handles uh how he how he acts with his ex-girlfriend, uh, which I also liked. He he's not this like um rom-com prince that's just perfect, but uh he yeah, he 
he has a bit of of of, of nuance. He he's a, he's he feels like a bit more of a person, which is weird because it's an animated film, so it's very far removed from reality, but it still feels in a way grounded. And um, yeah, I had a really good time with Intergalactic. No, I, I again, I I'd like to point out that this is stunning to watch. It's so well animated and visually is really just pleasing to watch uh with any kind of animated uh or any kind of animation you watch you gotta yeah. understand whether this is going to set place in a react like a, a set reality or if it's going to have some kind of weirdness to it and i do yeah. enjoy these ones that kind of blur the line that it's yes it's set in a realistic world but it has these animated aspects to it that just make it spectacular and amazing um, and mm. I guess the example I like to give is, uh, love death robots with all of their animation style. You know, you have the yeah. super realistic ones. That's always grounded in reality. Then you have their more, I guess, creative ones, uh, which I guess, uh, you can see the animation and they have that mm. animated flair to it and it just elevates the story that little bit more. And I feel like the style yeah. to this elevates the story, uh, oh, yeah. so Definitely. much more. Uh, so no, I, I think that if you want to, Hey, if you want to watch a film, that's, I guess, uh, you know, lighthearted, easy to watch, beautiful and has a good soundtrack, then, uh, yeah. you should go watch, I was going to say Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> bodies, bodies, bodies. <laughs> we bodies, don't know bodies, what we're bodies. talking about today. Uh, you should watch, uh, Intergalactic. <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> I I really hope that that Kid Cudi continues to do this type of stuff because he obviously has the eye for it, the style for it, and I think um from the Talking Heads that I've uh, watched that Netflix has put out where people talked about it, uh, it also feels like he's he's surrounded by really capable um people uh that 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 can that can nail that style and i think uh it, it's also we haven't talked about it yet but the transitions are very showy uh yeah. and it just it just kind of makes sense for music to like it always it doesn't make sense for the story because it's just showy and it's like oh that's a nice transition and it's like well if you've been on tiktok which you haven't then it's like it's all about the transitions and people go crazy it's like oh that's a smooth transition that's like i feel like uh Younger people are more primed to if there's a good transition, that means good movie. And I, I, like, the, I, I think it also comes with an understanding of what uh, younger people connect with. Like, we are already old foxes when it comes to that. But I think he he, he does that well as well. Like, it, it it shoots pretty wide for the reason of being authentic and having a lot of captivating imagery alongside great music. And what else do you want other than uh, good music, good vibes, and good visuals? Uh, that's that's what we stand for here in the Quiet On Set podcast. So, Intergalactic is just movies. really good time. MCU? No. Well, I think I think we, we're going to make you into... No, actually, I think you, you pivot more towards Star Wars, and I'm going to yep. steal that away from you because I'm now, I've been praising Andor... Uh, for a bit now. <laughs> um, Don't take the only thing I have going for me. Don't you dare. <laughs> I won't watch The Clone Wars. I I won't watch The Clone Wars. No, I'll you leave should. That to it's really you. good. <laughs> like, seriously, you should watch it. Uh, I was thinking about it. But don't uh, make for it that. What's Watch it? it and then be like, yeah, man, it's good. But just don't make it your thing. Right. Uh, I, 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 I think there's no worries that I'll make it my thing. But um, anyways, Lachlan, what's your rating? I gotta gotta get this done so I can go watch the new episode of Andor. 
Uh, I gave uh, Intergalactic a three out of five. Oh, surprising. Okay, I, I would have thought you, you skewed a uh, skewed. Do you skew a bit higher than that? But interesting for me, it's a three and a half out of five. Uh, I've, it's also I think the perfect film to put on in the in the background, and it's not like uh, telling about what is on screen, but it's just mm. like whenever you look over at something. It's something pretty to look at, and we completely glanced over the the cast, by the way, that we didn't mention. But it's crazy that like Jim, Timothy Chalamet is in this, Ty Dolla Sign, uh, Vanessa Hutchins, Christopher Abbott, uh, Jaden Smith. Um, there, there's a lot of <laughs> Macaulay Culkin, uh, and they, they sometimes like Christopher Abbott just has a quick little cameo as in like three scenes. He has a couple of lines. But uh, yeah, interesting casting choices there, but uh, certainly entertaining. And I didn't recognize all of them without the cast list. Uh, but that's it for uh, this week with Antigalactic, with our Netflix extravaganza. Uh, we got a couple of releases. It's it's a crazy release, not just a crazy release week, not just on Netflix, but overall uh, out in the US now and later this month in October in Switzerland and other places is Bros, Billy Eichner's uh, gay, very gay uh, studio comedy that... Um, was in the news for a bit, but mainly for the uh, for the reason that it underperformed at the box office. I think there's a bit more nuance to that, but uh, anyways, uh, still make that number bigger. It's a really entertaining um, studio rom com film. Uh, I really liked it. Uh, caught it already, and I can I can give it my warm recommendations. And then uh, out this week, by the time uh, this episode releases, you can already go see Hellraiser over on Hulu. And uh, then we got Amsterdam out in theaters that will release later at the start of November in Switzerland. And Lyle, Lyle Crocodile with Sam Mendes. That's one of the big starts this week. It's, um, yeah, it's uh, about a singing crocodile, Lachlan. Uh, maybe we nice. should cover that one instead of Halloween Kills. But it will probably be as horror heavy uh, for us to to watch. And then over on Disney Plus, uh, Werewolves by Night, the kind of TV streaming special one-hour episode uh, releases. I got an interview uh, with the producer uh, that I can link to right here. Uh, I caught it already. And I can say it's, uh, it's, it's fairly decent. It's something different from the MCU that also isn't really concerned with um, the whole uh, interconnectedness of it all. And then um, limited release over in the States, Tar and Triangle of Sadness. Uh, I looked it up for you, Lachlan. Tar uh, comes to Australia on the 22nd of October, so you don't have to wait for that much longer. Triangle of Sadness, unfortunately, is going to be on the 26th of December. Uh, then uh, next Friday, October 14th, when you got to catch up, you know, <laughs> upcoming releases, Halloween ends, which will also be uh, our main topic for next week's episode. And then in theaters is uh, Park Chan-wook's new film, Decision to Leave. Uh, but the week after, I think on the 21st or by the end of October, it should be available virtually and it is distributed by movie. So at some point it will be on movie, I assume. Uh, a movie that I can also uh, give a warm recommendation to. And that's it with <laughs> heaps of new releases this week. There's certainly no shortage of films to talk about. But uh, Lachlan, what would you tell people to go see right now? What's your pick of the week? Uh, because of uh, uh, Athena, uh, it gave me yeah. a memory of another 
international film mm-hmm. regarding a semi-war, uh, especially with very young children, and, and it's Monos. Uh, I very much enjoyed my time watching that many years ago. If you can get your hands on it, it's a very interesting watch. Uh, I don't know yeah. if I would say Monos is better than Athena in keeping you engaged with the story, but I will say Monos is a better visually stunning film. It's absolutely beautiful to right. watch. Um, but yeah. Monos is also just, yeah, if you want to, if you have a wicked Adobe Vision, Adobe Atmos setup, then you should just go watch it on your favorite biggest TV you possibly can. Yeah. You're definitely not watching it in Monos. You're watching it in stereo. Oh, 5.1, by the way. That's a, that's a yeah. film. That's, that's an audio joke in the film world. So funny. Ha ha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways, Halloween is coming up. Um, giving you the recommend, recommendation to catch up with the original from 1978. Uh, there's two more sequels in the timeline now that would be relevant before you go check out Halloween Ends. But it all starts with Halloween, the original great film. I think we've already talked about it at some point on the show before as well. If I manage to do that, I'll link it below as well. But uh, go watch that. And next week, we'll, um, well, Halloween is ending. So no more Halloween after that. Halloween, the last one. And uh, that's it for this week. Uh, We'll be back next Monday. And in the meantime, you can go follow us on all of our socials. Lachlan and mine are linked below, as well as the link tree for everything quite on set. We have a letterbox HQ. You can uh, follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok. There's so much to go follow. And if you haven't already, uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel and leave a like. It helps a great way to get us a bit more into the algorithm and the episodes out there. So uh, thanks so much for watching. And uh, yeah, Lachlan. See you soon. See you soon.